Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. To kick off your Monday morning, good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith, along with Joe Welke. There was like a big pause there. I was like, did you forget your name? Well, no, I had to move the microphone closer to me. So what did you do this weekend that wasn't your fault? Uh, a lot of things aren't my fault. <laughs> you sound like my kids. It is my fault. I don't uh, know how many no, times I, I hear that. I take ownership when I do things. Uh-huh. But, uh, well, I mowed lawn yesterday. I hit a few rocks, a few tree, tree stumps. I, <laughs> I uh, bought myself a electric chainsaw, so I trimmed some trees because I'm sick of being wiped off my lawn more while I mow. So, what did you do this weekend? We actually went fault? camping. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. We went camping. We went boating. The kids went tubing. We had a great time. Some friends invited us down, and yeah, we just had a blast. So did you get rained on while you were camping? You know, it, it was funny. My husband was in town. He said, it is pouring. The wind is hitting hard. You know, put down the awning. Get everything packed up. And then it sprinkled. <laughs> she was a bit spotty this weekend. Yeah, but it was like an hour and then it was done. And then we enjoyed the rest of the night. Well, that's good. Yeah. So the kids had a great time. And I hope everyone else had a great time. Country Jam wrapped up on Saturday night with Tim McGraw. There was a little bit of a delay, but he performed as always because he's just fabulous. He's Tim McGraw. (laughs) Yeah, he is. So, yeah, hope you had a great time there. Some big news coming up today. Well, not big news, but good news. Wisconsin's ladies were hard at work. We'll be talking about that. And who who doesn't want to learn how to fly? 
We're going to be talking about that and, ooh, nuts. <laughs> and yes. not the squirrels. Nuts. Nuts. We're yeah. going to be talking about peanuts. 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 So we got a lot to discuss this morning, so stay tuned and stay with us. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's a Monday morning, so it's time to get up and get at it and get to work. The chores need to get done. The cows are bellering out in the barn. And no deer. Not one this morning. I did see something, though. Yeah, you saw the same thing I saw. What did you see? I saw a skunk. I did, too. One (laughs) skunk. Out of all the critters in the county forest, I saw one skunk. Well, did you hit it? No. I didn't hit mine either, but I must have scared it enough because I smelled it in a little bit. Oh, see, I didn't smell anything. It just, he was he was just trotting alongside of the road, but one skunk. <laughs> well, so disappointing. Well, better than getting one in your grill. <laughs> that is very true. 501 on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's check in this morning with some national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The Justice Department is giving Texas an ultimatum. Remove a floating barrier from the Rio Grande or get sued. At issue is a floating border barrier made of large buoys anchored to the river bottom at an area called Eagle Pass. In a letter to Republican Governor Greg Abbott, the feds call the barrier illegal and said it poses serious risks to public safety and the environment. Abbott maintains that Texas has the right to defend its border. The Justice Department is giving the governor until 2 p.m. today to confirm he's received the letter and to commit to removing the barrier. President Biden is urging Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu not to rush his judicial overhaul plan. Chris Caraggio reports. In a statement to Axios Sunday, Biden noted he's concerned about the law that would limit the power of Israel's Supreme Court and its potential implications. Tens of thousands of protesters, both for and against reform, have taken to the streets in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv for months. Netanyahu was recovering in a hospital Sunday after an emergency heart procedure, but said he plans to be at the Knesset for Monday's scheduled final vote. I'm Chris Caraggio. Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is criticizing her successor for playing politics for his comments about former President Trump's two impeachments. If he wants to put his members on the spot, that's a decision he has to make. But this is not responsible. Appearing on CNN's State of the Union, the California Democrat noted she isn't sure if House Speaker Kevin McCarthy even has the constitutional authority to have them removed from the record. A woman is dead after what's being described as an apparent bear encounter near Yellowstone National Park. Officials say a body was found Saturday on the Buttermilk Trail. Grizzly bear tracks were found at the scene. And excessive heat warnings are being extended throughout parts of the U.S. at least through midweek. The alerts affected tens of millions of Americans over the weekend, while dangerous level temperatures hit the west and south. Phoenix, Arizona and Salt Lake City, Utah reached new daily highs on Saturday. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're back four minutes after five o'clock Monday morning. And Jill, our ladies here in the state were busy last month. What's going on? Absolutely. They were hard at work in June. Milk production in Wisconsin during June totaled 2.7 billion pounds. That's up 1% from the previous June, according to the latest USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service milk production report. The average number of milk cows during June was 1.27 million head. That was unchanged from last month, but down 2,000 from June of last year. Monthly production per cow averaged 2,125 pounds. That's up 25 pounds from last June. And taking a look at the 24 major milk-producing states, 
Production during June totaled 18.1 billion pounds. That was up 0.2% from last June. Milk production in the U.S. during the April to June quarter totaled 58 billion pounds. That was up 0.3% from the same time last year. Monthly production per cow in the 24 major states averaged 2,028 pounds for June, one pound above June of last year. Now, the number of milk cows on farms in the 24 major states was at 8.93 million head, 14,000 head more than June of last year, but 20,000 head less than this last May, just May 23. So, that's kind of sad, 20,000 less. Yeah, well, the production stays pretty consistent, so. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I got to talk about it. You know what I'm going to talk about next in the news. Come on. <laughs> I bet you're going to talk about nuts. Oh, yeah. Ooh, nuts. <laughs> the U.S. peanut industry is moving ahead to maintain and discover new export markets, even as peanut production continues to grow. According to the Wisconsin Egg Connection, the U.S. exports about 26% of its peanut crop with Mexico, Canada, China, the European Union, and Japan. Now, one of the challenges faced by U.S. peanuts in the global market is meeting the strict specifications set by trading partners. However, the industry now recognizes that peanuts are a food ingredient, not just a commodity, and that's leading to a positive shift on ensuring high-quality products for consumers worldwide. So now they have nothing to be salty about. No, they shouldn't be salty. Maybe they're roasted, though. Ooh, (laughs) see, look at that. We're having fun today. (laughs) Oh, you got to love it. But no, I just thought that was kind of interesting because that's one, I guess, egg product I never thought about. Peanuts. Yeah, well, Jimmy Carter thought about peanuts a lot. Well, that was Jimmy Carter. But that was back in my day. It was way before your day. Yeah, I only know the history of him. I never, you know. (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to talk about how old you were when I came into this world. (laughs) Old enough to know better, young enough not to care. Exactly. We got to check in with some weather that'll be coming in next. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, well, let's take it our weather. If you're just getting up and about, it's kind of hazy. Jill, you kind of noticed that on your way in, too. It's just kind of foggy, hazy. It was actually really foggy all the way up. Okay, see, I only had patches, but we are under an air quality alert again for the Canadian wildfires. Well, you know, I can tell that whenever we've got, I end up with a little bit of tickle in my throat. Yeah. A little bit extra allergy medicine goes through the system. I, I do. Now, this has not been verified, but I did hear that wine helps. Oh, okay. But it's not a proven fact. I just, I heard that somewhere. Oh, so you want me to test it out to see if that's true? Possibly. <laughs> you know, I could happen. <laughs> so today, if, if you got anything to do outside, you better get to it. It's going to be a sunny day, but there is going to be some clouds, that haze, and there is a chance of stray showers. So we don't know when they're going to happen, if they're going to happen, but there's a chance. High of 88 degrees today. Tonight, isolated thunderstorms in the evening hours, but overnight it looks pretty good. Low of 64. Tomorrow, sunny and hot. Get out your big hats and your sunscreen. High of 92. Tomorrow night, some clouds are going to roll in, just a low of only 68. Wednesday, sunny, hot, and humid, high of 95. Wednesday night, mostly clear, low of 71. Temperatures around the area right now, up in Medford, they're at 55 degrees. Down in La Crosse, they're at 66. Marshfield's at 58. Green Bay, 66 degrees. 
Rice Lake is at 58 degrees. Over in Wausau, they're at 59. Madison's at 64. Milwaukee's at 69. And right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we're at 60 degrees. Looking for that high of 88, so it's going to warm up. We've got your morning markets. Those will be coming in next, and they'll be brought to you by... Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And again, this morning's markets will be brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, kick us off with the starting markets. Cash livestock, choice fed beef steers are 170 to 185 with mixed at 169 and down. Choice fed beef heifers are 170 to 184 with mixed at 169 and down. Choice fed Holstein steers are 150 to 165 with select and silage fed steers 149 and down. Cows are 80 to 110 with a top of 132. Bulls are 108 to 130. Butcher hogs are 45 to 92 and sows are 34 to 50 with boars at 19 to 25. New crop market lambs are 165 to $2 with a top of 222. Feeder lambs are 65 to 199. Ewes are 50 to 80 with a top of 130. Small goats are 5 to 170. Medium goats are 99 to 270. Large goats are 125 to 450, and nanny goats are 5 to 300. Thank you so much, Jill. And we're going to switch over to that mercantile exchange. Your live cattle for August is at 180.02. That was down 30 cents. October's at 181.90. That was down 85 cents. December's at 185.17, down 80 cents. Feeder cattle for August is at 245.92, up 82 cents. September's at 249.27, up 97 cents. And October's at 251, that's up $1.17. Lean hogs for August is at 100.67 cents. That was up a nickel. October's at 84.25, down 47. And December was at 76.82, down 42 cents. Switching over to that Chicago Board of Trade, your December corn on the overnight was up 15 cents to 551. December oats up four at 460. November beans were up 13 cents to 14.15. Your December soybean meal was up $2.60 to $411.10 a ton. December wheat up 30 cents at 7.47. Switching over to the dairy side, if you haven't heard on Friday, good day. Barrel cheese was up 7 cents to $1.65 and a half. Your blocks were up 6 and a quarter cent to $1.78 and a quarter. Double A grade butter was up 4 and 3 quarter cent to 2.58 and a quarter. And then your class three futures also good. July was up four cents to thirteen eighty one. August up forty four cents to sixteen seventy one. September up fifty four cents to seventeen sixty seven. October up thirty one cents to eighteen twenty two. November up fifteen to eighteen forty seven. And then those markets were upward trending into next June. So some finally some good news on those markets. Let's keep them going. Seventeen minutes after five o'clock. Jill, I, I told you before, it was either this or Brown Chicken, Brown Cow. I like this one better. It's just kind of a fun song. It is a fun song. It's kind of crazy, but fun. <laughs> well, we're going to be hearing from Mr. Bob Bosold. He'll be joining us here shortly. He had a chance to speak to Joe Brogger on the farm bill. Yeah, they found out a lot of what is perspective to be in the farm bill that's supposed to be coming up this fall. Well, that's easy enough. Higher commodity prices, higher milk prices. <laughs> Uh, better pay for all the truckers, you know, and, and on-air personalities like ourselves. Absolutely. I think I'm happy with that. <laughs> Milk callers need a raise. I think everyone would be happy with my farm bill. I They probably would, but here's the thing. So much of the farm bill doesn't relate to the farming. It's actually a lot of the nutrition part of it and the commodities a little bit, but 
mostly it's the nutrition part of it. But I like Kristen's farm bill idea better. I do too. <laughs> well, we'll be hearing from Mr. Bob. He'll be joining us next. But first, we're going to take a look at just one more quick fun story. Aerial application. Now, we've all seen planes go over. I remember like watching the planes like do crop dusting. Now, that's been in the growing industry in Wisconsin for the last 25 years. The industry has evolved from using radial engine airplanes to using turbine-powered airplanes. These planes are designed and built specifically for aerial application and demand for aerial application operators, and that's been a steady increase, particularly in the Midwest. Operators average anywhere from 150 to 200,000 acres per year. Now, the industry has not been impacted by drones as of yet. However, drones may be the added step in being more efficient depending on what and where you're spraying. So if you're interested in becoming an aerial application operator, the minimum requirement is a commercial pilot's license. That takes a minimum of 250 hours to obtain. So if you are done milking cows and you want to fly, I guess this is a way to do it. Well, and I don't know if I want to fly, but I do want to get a drone sometime. Ooh. And those drones, I was actually, I did an interview with a gentleman about them. And they uh, they fly, but I, I, my, one of my questions was the battery power life. Yeah. And they've gotten so that when they fly, they can't fly on forever, but they're like the size of a four-wheeler. And when they come to a fill, they can charge the battery at the same time as they're filling with product. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Very fast. I like drones. <laughs> I think they're cool. All right. Well, Joe Bragger, he's coming in right now. And Bob, you had a chance to hear about the farm bill. What would you find out? Washington is a busy place. A delegation from the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation was recently in Washington, D.C., and that included Wisconsin Farm Bureau Vice President Joe Brogger from the Independence area. And, uh, Joe, first of all, give us the lay of the land as far as uh, how many from Wisconsin were out there and uh, what areas were they in as far as committee members, board members, who was attending the meetings out there? Earlier this year, I, I would say uh, starting last year, we had two committees work and really look at uh, the Farm Bill coming up. And so, you know, we have nine districts in uh, Farm Bureau, so that's scattered around the state. We had members of our Dairy Committee and members of a special Farm Bill Committee that we had put together along with board members, totally about 19 people that traveled to Washington to give the message on what's needed to help agriculture. So who did you actually get exposure to Farm Committee, the Ag Committee chairs or members from Wisconsin around the country? And uh, what were the discussions about? Crop insurance, food programs? What did you talk about in the Farm Bill? Well, we had the opportunity to meet with uh, Senators Tammy Baldwin and Ron Johnson, as well as the, you know all the uh, congressional delegation uh, that our members uh, uh, are represented by. And uh, we had a great opportunity to talk, you know, we broke, if I break it down a little bit into what we're looking at in, in crops, 
Of course, here in Wisconsin, there's been somewhat of a transition happening, so more and more folks are growing row crops, uh, looking to expand those base acres that we have that have been established so long ago, uh, putting us at a disadvantage. Uh, again, expressing the need for the risk management tools, you know, ARC, PLC, uh, those things that we have in place. If we talk about dairy, uh, we look at uh, DMC has been a, a very helpful tool for many farmers. Uh, there's a push to expand the amount uh, from 5 million up to 10 million pounds that, that you can enroll, uh, increasing that bottom uh, level uh, from 450 to 550, and uh, making sure that folks understand that that feed calculation that was changed some years ago has made the program useful to our farmers. We also talked about federal milk marketing order reform. Um, going back to the higher of, so many farmers have been affected by those negative PPDs. Uh, trying to alleviate some of that. Um, also, you look at whole milk in schools, um, the nutrition programs, which are so vital. You know, 80% of the farm bill is uh, nutrition programs. Yet, you know, it goes both ways. There's a lot of folks that say there would be no farm bill if it wouldn't be tied to nutrition. But I've also heard, you know, urban legislators say, well, they appreciate the fact that agriculture is tied to it because sometimes they wonder if there'd be a nutrition program without being attached to the farm bill itself and, and the farmers pushing. So um, keeping those two things together uh, is also vitally important. What response did you get from the members of Congress, not only our delegation, but also from other parts of the country, as far as crop insurance, as far as the risk management programs, and of course federal milk marketing orders, they've got to have special hearings and things like that. But again, the nutrition program, when we had a school milk program and kids get a half a pint of milk once a day, we didn't have a milk surplus, but they saw fit to get rid of that. What kind of positive movement, so to speak, did you get from the members of Congress? Well, we didn't get any extreme pushback, which was good to hear. I think uh, the whole issue around uh, fats and, and in our diet, uh, that's being revisited. And, um, you know, came away fairly positive. Of course, you know, you have to deal sometimes with other agencies, especially when we talk in, in the labeling, right? Um, and so that makes it a little more complicated to get things done. But you're exactly right. You know, when we, we think of, uh, you know, I'm just going to say it, that skim milk out of that carton isn't always the tastiest. You expose people to something they don't like, how long are they going to drink milk when they have the choice to drink milk after that? So getting that chocolate milk available, getting that nutrition, we know that there are many students, you know, we've, 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 we're simple people. We, we're, we think the world is great, but surprisingly in our local community, there are many kids that don't get the nutrition that they that they need, um, and so getting that to them in school is so important, getting them off to a good start. And Joe, you've been out to Washington, D.C. many times. You know how this works, but you did something a little different. You went to the Ukrainian embassy. Tell us about that experience and what you learned. Uh, Bob, I will tell you that was one of the most humbling experiences uh, that I have had in, in my time, probably 20 years involved with Farm Bureau, going to D.C. Uh, this time, uh, I would say there were many, many tears in the room. 
Uh, we had uh, great opportunities, as busy as those folks are dealing with their situation. Ambassador Oksano Markaroa met with us and explained the situation in Ukraine right now. And uh, it, it, it's, you don't think about that when we're doing our field work. But can you imagine, well, among all your other troubles, you have to worry about landmines. Now with the breaking of that dam, uh, the tremendous amount of acres that are flooded, the shelling that's happening, um, it's just a, it's a terrible situation over there. Uh, she talked about 8 million people being displaced from the country. Uh, they can calculate that in the zones that are unoccupied. In the occupied zones, it's very difficult to tell, uh, you know, the people. She talked about children being taken from their families or, or out of uh, orphanages and otherwise. And she said that in Russia, they changed the rules. Those children can be adopted in as little as one day now. Um, and so the breakup of families uh, that is happening, the death, the devastation, and we can talk about the environmental impacts of everything that's going on. Um, these are going to be long-term consequences. When asked about how much of their, you know, when you look at the black dirt in the world, Ukraine has about 25% of the black dirt and the best soil in the world. A lot of that, again, is littered with mines. We have equipment that's been uh, blown up, burnt up, all of that contaminating the soil, ruining the soil structure. There's a real concern, concern over the long-term environmental damage. The other thing that really hit me, I could not believe in the conversation we asked, what can we do as, as farmers and so forth over here to help out? She said, when we rebuild, we are going to rebuild better, and we're going to need to replace the things that have been destroyed, and we're going to replace them better. And I was struck by two things. I was struck by the fact that that strong belief that they will triumph over this situation and the idea that they're going to rebuild better. And, and I brought to her attention, I said, you know, here I have seen many farmers devastated over a barn fire. I can't imagine what it's like over there. And she said, yes, we cry, but we know we have work to do. And then she went on to talk about mental health. We hear a lot of that over here. And so she, she talked about, you know, they're good. They're working on it now. The first lady has plans in place, is really promoting working with children. Because if you think of going to school in a basement, in a cellar, so that you're protected from the shelling, uh, they know how to work with the civilian population for the most part. Where the challenge is going to come in, she said, and this I found very interesting as a farmer. The challenge is going to come in helping those soldiers after the war and the farmers. She said that's two class of people that you just can't walk into and tell them, sit down and visit with me. She said, because they will tell you, you don't know. You don't know what it's like. Because right now the farmers will not leave their animals. And if you're a little choked up, I apologize. But you know how that is, Bob. The farmers will take care of their things, and some of them are dying because they will not leave. And isn't that just heartbreaking that some of them just don't want to leave? I mean, they work their whole lives for this. Yes, they do. And they don't have anything else really else that interests them or wants to be. And, you know, it gets into your blood, and that's that's your life. Yeah. 
Well, if you missed some of that report and you want to hear more, we're going to be uploading that to the podcast. And Jill, where do people go to check that out on our podcast? Go to the WAX website, click on Midwest Farm Report, and scroll down a little bit, and it will be dated. And we always title it with a little bit of what's the program is about. Excellent. Sounds good. Well, we're at 5.30 in the morning. It's time to check in with our morning markets. Rocky Olson is coming in. He'll be joining us next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock is joining us now. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. So, you got some rain this weekend. Nothing too crazy, though, huh? Nope, nope. Just a nice rain sitting sitting pretty decent. Looks like the heat's coming this week, so... Yeah. Get ready for that. Oh, yeah. I think the, the grass is going to jump, and then if you mow it just at the wrong time, it'll probably burn off, there especially you go. with that heat. So be careful with that. But, Rocky, it's seven, It's 7.32. Good Lord. It is 5.32 in the morning. Kick us off with the morning markets. What's happening at Premier Livestock? Thank you, Kristen. Good morning, everyone. This is our last week's market shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We sold 3,200 head of livestock on the fed cattle, high choice and prime Holstein steers, 148 to 163. Choice beef steers and heifers up to $1.78. Market cows strong, high yielding cows from 105 to 130. Most other cows from 85 to 104. High yielding market bulls from $1 to $1.25. Lower yielding bulls, 99 and down. Organic market cows sold every Every Monday, high yielding from 125 to 170, lower yielding 124 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves, mostly 175 to 365 per head. Your beef cross calves, 250 to 550. Holstein heifer calves up to 240. This week, we got two dairy cattle auctions. Tuesday, we got our special monthly dairy heifer auction. We're expecting 300 to 350 head of dairy heifers. Uh, You can still bring consignments right up to sale day morning. Need them in by 10 o'clock. If you're buying or selling dairy heifers, it's the best sale that we offer. Comes around once a month. Then Wednesday, uh, we have a regular dairy cattle auction. We got two very nice quality tie stall herds. Uh, both those herds are AI sired. Both those herds are on test. Several other reputation loads of fancy fresh parlor free stall cows. Uh, also a large, uh, also the large farm machinery auctions coming up August 25th. Uh, we are accepting consignment six days a week. Guys, questions? Uh, like I said, if you got the equipment to sell, uh, it's time we start getting that equipment in, so we're still going to start getting our advertising list out this week. Questions? Give us a call, uh, 715-229-2500. Check out our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com, and that's how it shaped up. Sounds good, Rocky. Well, you have a busy week, and another one probably coming up again next week, so I'll let you go, and you have a great day. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. There he goes, Rocky Olson at Premier Livestock and Withy. And, yeah, let's see if Mike D'Andrea is with us now. He might still be out on the patio. Mike, are you with us this morning? Nope, not yet. All right, so Mike is not quite ready, but we will get to him. He'll be coming in with us next. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's check in and see if Mike D'Andrea is with us now. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. I'm always with you. Well, you weren't before. Uh, well, I mean, when I'm on vacation, that's a different story. Oh, right away. I see how it is. You go to Lee Bryce this week, and now it's like, oh, well, you know, take your time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was it was awesome to get to meet him. My favorite country artist, so, and super nice guy. 
Yeah. So did you give him a forecast of what he was looking at? I should have. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> but he would he would scoff at the when we say how hot it's going to be here and how it's going to be very, very hot. I mean, the guy's from South Carolina. He's just going to laugh when I say mid-90s and high humidity is hot. Well, he has. But has he been to Wisconsin when it's February? Uh, you know, that's a very good question. And See? that's when, you know, we may uh, share a laugh with him. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, boy, it's cold. Really? This is nothing. 50 degrees. We're good. 50 below degrees zero. in February. That's a dream. No, 50 degrees below zero in February. Oh, that's well, like. That's Tuesday. You know, it, yeah, that's a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, even then. If you think about it, we should almost see, like, when was our coldest point to when is our hottest point and see, like, what the range is below zero to actual. Well, I could probably uh, look that up if you give me just a second here. Um, If not, I can always come up with it later on and bring it up with Alex. Yes, because I just think that would be kind of cool because if you think about it, there's days where 50 degrees below zero and now we're going to hit 95 on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That's well, a big span. That is a very large span. But, uh, yeah, we'll kind of just dive into the forecast. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look that up and bring it up with Alex later. And he can hold me to that because I'm sure he's listening right now. I'm sure he is. Otherwise, uh, for today, I mean, it's going to be one of the cooler days, believe it or not. As we top out in the upper 80s, we'll have a good bit of sunshine, but some haze will stick around. And we'll have a couple intervals of clouds from time to time. Later this evening, may have just a very stray chance at a shower or storm. But then tonight, we clear out and temperatures dip to the mid-60s. For tomorrow and Wednesday, we climb to the low to mid-90s. We'll have a good bit of sunshine both of those days, but a few passing clouds as well. Wednesday morning may bring just a very slight chance at some showers and storms, but again, we'll be uh, staying mostly dry. Thursday looks to be the hottest day as that humidity continues to climb, and we'll have highs in the mid to upper 90s. Factoring in that humidity, it's going to feel like it's in the triple digits. Then we cool it down a bit on Friday as we have some showers and storms that will be moving in. Upper 80s on tap, and then Saturday and Sunday, highs will be mostly in the mid-80s. But right now we have a bit of haze to the sky at the moment with a temperature of 59 degrees in Eau Claire. 59. Now, are we under that air quality alert yet? We are until noon tomorrow. Noon tomorrow. Yes. Okay, now I got a joke for you. Uh Uh-oh. You should know this. All right, we'll, we'll give it a whirl. What do you use a meteorologist use when they go hunting? Uh, what does a meteorologist use when going hunting? I mean, I, I have a, a thought in my head, but, uh, I mean, it's what most people use hunting. So, what is it? A rainbow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't get that. I should have gotten that one. You, you were, You're right. Because you were thinking a bow. I, I mean, I was thinking a gun. But... Oh, <laughs> a rainbow. I, I couldn't think of like what what play on words you would have for for that. So I was like, I can't think like a, a rifle. Uh, what, what, what are you talking about here? I know there, there's some. I, I was just like, oh man, I need to get him good. And I was like, he's gonna know it, but it'll be funny. And ah, I can't believe I got you. You got me. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, you have a great day, Chris, and we'll you talk to you too. next week. Sounds good. Stay cool. There he goes. Skywarn 13 meteorologist Mike D'Andrea this morning. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. New 2023 Subaru Outbacks are now available at ChilsonMotors.com. And that's the weather on WEX 104.5. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. WEX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. That time of the morning, 19 minutes before 6 o'clock, Morgan McCarthy joins us now. Good morning, Morgan, and catch us up. What's going on in the news today? 
Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Coming out of the weekend, Eau Claire County Sheriff's Office saying speed and alcohol played a role in a wreck that sends a 17-year-old to the hospital. That happened about 4 a.m. yesterday morning. A teen driver sped away from deputies and reaching speeds of over 100 miles an hour before crashing into a roundabout at Black Avenue and Riverview Drive. Deputies say the teen's car rolled several times as prosecutors are now looking at OWI and several other charges in the case. As we look at the courts, it seems today's the day. A Green Bay woman accused of dismembering her boyfriend after a day of drug use is set to face a jury. Heading into the weekend, a judge said Taylor Shabiznis is competent enough to stand trial for last year's murder of her boyfriend. Police say Shabiznis admitted she killed the man. An officer saying she dismembered him and hid pieces around the house as Shabiznis's lawyers say she doesn't fully understand what's going on. Though a doctor last week said she's not competent enough for trial, the judge ruled otherwise. As we go to the political stage, some Wisconsin lawmakers want to expand the definition of a strip search. Lawmakers last week held a hearing on a plan that would clarify stripping someone down to their underwear where account as a strip search. The clarification comes after a superintendent of Searing School stripped a handful of teen girls down to their underwear to search for vape cartridges. State Rep. David Steffen says prosecutors couldn't punish the superintendent because she let them keep on their undergarments. Lawmakers say the change needs to be made to make the law and the intent of the law perfectly clear. While staying at the political scene, we see Governor Evers issuing a new round of pardons, taking his total to over 1,000. The governor on Friday issued 96 more pardons. Now most of the people on this latest list were arrested for drugs years ago. The governor's pardon doesn't clear their records. What it does do is it allows them to once again serve on a jury or hold public office. Governor Evers now pardoned 1,029 people since being elected in 2018. That's a new record for Wisconsin governors. Former Governor Julius Heal set the previous record and that was 943 pardons between the years 1939 and 1943. And get ready, it's coming. Of course, here in Wisconsin, we're landlocked, but take a splash for Shark Week. It's back. It's the television event's 25th year, and this time around features host Jason Momoa of Aquaman fame. These shows can be watched on the Discovery Channel or streamed on Discovery Plus and Max. The programming starts each night at 8 p.m. I'm Mark Mayfield. And no real threat of a shark as we go back to the barn. Trade those fins in for hooves and your Midwest Farm Report with Kristen Smith, Jill Welke, and Wax 104.5. <laughs> Thank you so much, Morgan. Jill, do you remember Jaws when it came out? Yes, I do. See, I don't remember when it came out. I was told it was too scary when I was little. So I didn't watch that show until I was like an adult. I don't know if I've ever really watched it either. Although I did take a trip up to California when I was younger. And it was a big thing. You could see how Jaws was made and you could see the 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 fake Jaws. I mean, uh-huh. so I'm like, yeah, you know, this isn't real. And I'm kind of a... I'm a black and white kind of person, so if it's if I know it's not real, it's like, yeah, whatever. I know, but you know, I think what gets me more is you know that the shark in the movie is fake. Yes. I think it's the the theme song that da, da, Well da, you know, and then it's you hear it and you're like, you know it's gonna happen. You're waiting for it, and then they play the next two notes and you're like I, I think it's the anticipation of it. I agree. Well, and if you really think about it, the theme songs and the songs that are kind of subliminal to when you watch a show, mm-hmm. man, they make the show, though. Oh, they do. Because if there was no music in those shows, it would just be blah. Yeah. You know, like even The Big Bang Theory. I love watching The Big Bang Theory with Sheldon Cooper and, you know, Dr. Leonard Hofstetter. And even like when they're going like to a different scene and they do that, you know, and that the explosion of the atoms type thing. I, it just makes the show. It does. It really 
connects everything together, I always think. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't want to go swimming with sharks anytime soon, though. Absolutely not, because I can't swim. Either can I. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the sharks are safe from us, aren't they? <laughs> All I can think of. Okay, so I can have kids. The movie Finding Nemo. And would they name little Nemo in the in the fish tank in the dentist's office? They call him shark bait. <laughs> that would be us. Shark bait. <laughs> there we go. She got it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we're not going to be talking sharks anymore today, I promise. We're going to be talking markets. And Jim Lindsay from the Equity Altoona Barn just jumped in. Good morning, Jim. Catch us up. What's going on at the Equity Altoona Barn? Choice beef steers and heifers, dollar forty-five to a dollar seventy-two. Dairy cross steers and heifers, dollar forty-five to a dollar sixty-nine. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, a dollar fifty-eight to a dollar sixty-five. Choice Holstein steers, dollar forty-five to a dollar fifty-seven. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, dollar forty-four and down. Top twenty percent of the cold cows will from ninety-five to a dollar thirteen. We have a top of dollar eighteen. Sixty percent of the cows will from sixty-six to ninety-four. The bottom twenty percent of the cows will from sixty-five and down. Our next special feeder sale is July twenty-eighth, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at seven one five eight three five three one zero four to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Jim. You have a great day as well. And now Jerry Fitzgerald from the Stratford Equity Barn joins us now. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, and a good morning to you and Jill. And uh, well, I was listening. It sounds like you ladies are having a fun morning. But uh, you know, when you and the weather guy were talking about the uh, rainbow uh, for for folks that uh, are serious hunters, you know, a thirty out six is much more accurate. You know. Oh come <laughs> on! But a rainbow, like. Okay, so my husband is a hunter, and he always shows me his guns. He's like, isn't it pretty? And I'm like, oh, it's gorgeous. They're brown or they're black to me. And so I thought this one was kind of, it's a pretty bow. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, I know. We got it, sort of. But, uh, you know, but uh, when you're out there and uh, all seriousness now, I mean, you know, we do have way too many of these little beautiful little four-legged thingies that you encounter on the road, you know, so... (laughs) We we have to be serious when we have to go hunting anyway. You know, oh, so absolutely. We can, so. All right, Jerry, well, we'll anyway. catch us up. What's going on at the Stratford Equity Barn? Well, we can do that, Kristen, and a very good morning to everyone. Uh, then the sales schedule for this week here at Stratford uh, will be as follows. The full marketing week on tap, of course. We get started Monday morning here right away this morning at 10 o'clock. We'll sell market cows this morning, conventional-type market cows. We'll sell fed cattle. We'll sell a market bulls. Uh, 1130, we will get to the calf market today, and we'll finish up with the market cattle this afternoon. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, starts at 10 o'clock, hay and bedding auction. We do have hay already consigned for that uh, sale tomorrow, including uh, mostly large so far right now, first and second crop. That'll also be tomorrow. And then at 11 o'clock, we do a market auction tomorrow. And, of course, uh, as of every Tuesday, we do sell conventional-type market cows. Uh, full marketing day on Wednesday, including um, market cattle, fed cattle, sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves, feeder cattle at 1230. Our Thursday auction is starts at 11. Also with a full marketing day, just a brief look at the markets from last week. Uh, all the stuff going on in the world seems like markets last week is a long time ago, but we'll just give a brief update. Cow market fully steady last week. 
Higher yielding cows are in that 103 to 127 range. Most of the cows last week, 82 to 102. Um, fed cattle, choice grading Holstein steers last week were mostly from 148 to 163. On the calf market, your better quality bull calves were at 150 to 350, up to 385. Uh, beef calves mostly from 300 up to an extreme top of 600. So again, uh, folks, if you got cattle consigned to any one of our auctions, certainly let us know here. 687-4101 is our phone number. And, uh, Maybe just a brief note, uh, going to be a little warm this week, to say the least. So I would, uh, my advice for you folks, moving livestock, uh, do it early in the morning. Get them, get them, have your, get your chores done, have some, have a bite to eat and get them on the road because, uh, uh where cattle get really hot is in transport. Once we get to the sale barn, uh, they do have a chance not moving around too much. So, and, uh, also it's going to be like 90 something this week. So use some, use some common sense when you're, marketing your livestock and also we do want to mention especially in these baby calves extreme heat does take a toll on them so if you're moving calves this week make sure they're good and strong so they can withstand the heat you know and Kristen, we talk about the cold in the winter but sometimes you know these animals can withstand the real cold better than they can the real heat oh definitely so always remember to give your four-legged friends lots of water absolutely that in that includes that little puppy dogs you got at your house too you know so Yep, all our four-legged friends. Well, don't forget about the two-legged ones. We need plenty of refreshments, too, you know. Of course. This is Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, your beverage of your choice, and I know you guys will be talking a little late. A lot of stuff going on. I know at Taylor County Fairs this week, uh, just uh, oh, some more tractor pulls. So we're just busy people here in Wisconsin. Yes, sir, we are. All right, Jerry, you have a great day, and we'll catch you tomorrow morning. You bet. You ladies have a nice day, and I thank you much. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. And this morning's markets are brought to you by... Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Again today on our Next Grow Alfalfa Update program, our state forage specialist, Dan Undersander, is with us. And, uh, Dan, I hope you got better news this week than you had last week with the weevils, the leafhoppers, and the aphids. But, uh... Some folks, I understand, have been planting some alternative crops, uh, sorghum and others. What's been the status and the reasons for that, and, and what kind of success have they had there? Uh, Bob, we're planting uh, some of the uh, sorghums and the uh, pearl millets. They're really an annual crop. They're a hot weather crop. They're also one that does better in droughts like we've had. So, frankly, those farmers that planted some of that earlier this year probably made a good decision in terms of yield. The main considerations are, first, uh, we hope that uh, most people have planted the brown midriff varieties. Like corn or like low lignin alfalfa, these types have much higher digestibility, and so they're particularly dairy cattle feed. The advantage of them is that they don't have the disadvantages that brown midrib corn has. We don't see a yield reduction. We don't see a standability problem. So if anybody is thinking about growing sorghums or pearl millets for dairy again, we should really think about planting the brown midrib types. Now, in terms of when to harvest them, most of the uh, sorghums and pearl millets, we can get at least two cuttings a year off of, maybe three, depending on how the fall grows and what the rainfall pattern is like. The idea would be to harvest it uh, every time it gets up to about 40 inches uh, because that's a a good quality. As it gets taller, the quality goes down because it gets much stemmier. 
The other thing to keep in mind, though, then, is that with these crops, is every time you cut them, you need to put on another 40 or 50 pounds of nitrogen because the first growth cycle took up every nitrogen, all the nitrogen fertilizer you had, and the second growth cycle of won't have nitrogen. Now, if you put manure down, there may be some carryover, but generally speaking, you need to think about fertilizing every time you expect a growth cycle with the sorghums and sedan grasses and pearl millets. It's a high-quality forage. For those uh, farmers that haven't planted yet, it's maybe a bit too late this year for those crops because they don't grow as well when the weather gets down in the 70s as certain other crops. That would be more sedan grass temperature, maybe even corn. But the sorghums really like the 80 and 90 degree temperature, so they do best in the warm weather. So it is a crop that farmers can consider. Do think of the different types. Do think of forage quality as you're harvesting. And do realize that in many cases it will be a multi-cut crop. Thank you, Dan. Alternative crops, sorghum and pearl millet, if you need those alternative crops. Dan Undersander, a state forage specialist, with us once again today on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. Thank you so much, Bob, and also to Dr. Dan Undersander for that update. And we've got to take a look at our morning markets one last time. On the Chicago Board of Trade, your December corn was up 15 cents to 551. December oats up four at 460. November beans up 13 cents to 1415. Your December soybean meal was up $2.60 a ton to 411.10 a ton. Your December wheat up 30 cents at 747. Country elevators in the area, Golden Plump in Arcadia is at 594 for corn. Baldwin's at 517 for corn, 1424 for beans. Durand, Mondovi, and Elmwood, 522 for corn, 1424 for beans. Fall Creek is at 512, 1414. Osseo's at 542 and 1429. Northside and Loyal's at 567. And Northside, and Northside in Arcadia is at 576. And then for beans, Northside and Loyal's at 1421. And Northside and Arcadia's at 1436. Elk Mount is at 550 and 1424. Sparta's at 557 and 1469. Ellsworth is at 502 for corn, 1414 for beans. Boyceville Ethanol Plant is at 572. Stanley's at 547. New Richmond's at 542. Switching to the dairy side, barrel cheese was up seven cents on Friday to $1.65 and a half. Now that is almost 30 cents more than a week ago today. Your blocks were up 30 cents. From last week, they were up six and a quarter cent on Friday to a dollar seventy-eight and a quarter, and your double A grade butter was up four and three quarter cent to two fifty-eight and a quarter. Class three futures for July were up four cents at thirteen eighty-one. August up forty-four cents to sixteen seventy-one. September was up fifty-four cents on Friday to seventeen sixty-seven. October up thirty-one cents to eighteen twenty-two. November up fifteen cents to eighteen forty-seven. And then your markets were mixed into next June. And again, that's a look at your morning markets. We're at 59 degrees right now. Looking for a sunny day with some clouds, some haze. There is a chance of stray showers. Looking for a high of 88 degrees. So get out there, enjoy your day, and we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.